1: Hey, it's Jennifer Jones Lee. You're listening to KFI AM 640 Wake Up Call on demand on the iHeartRadio app.
0: You are in the home stretch. Here's Jennifer Jones Lee with your Friday morning Wake Up Call.
1: Happy Friday. Oh, I like to be the first to wish that to you. We've got better weather on tap, it looks like this gray and kind of cold drizzly stuff is out of the forecast. More sunshine's on the way, I even see those temperatures just kind of pushing on the door of 80. So it should be a gorgeous weekend in Southern California, lots to talk about so let's get right to it. We've got a 21 year old National Guard Airman from Massachusetts who we were talking about yesterday morning. Who it looked like they were going to uh, they were going to detain and then maybe arrest. No, now this guy has been arrested. He's an IT specialist who was working in the Massachusetts National Guard. And now he's the one who they arrested in connection with those leaked Pentagon documents. And you kind of think to yourself, how in the world did a 21-year-old honestly in the National Guard He's an IT specialist, I get, so he's going to have certain clearances. But how did that guy end up being able to get to Pentagon documents, not only get to them, but somehow have a way to leak them to somebody that it would make a difference? We're going to talk more about this coming up with ABC's Rick Klein, the political director, too, because you have a lot of people asking that same question. Um, I'm sorry, wait, what? How did a 21-year-old become the guy who could do this? That's what we'll get into with him. Also, business owners in L.A. are asking the city to address naked homeless people camping around their buildings. I can see why that could be of concern. I'm just saying. And Nickelodeon actor Drake Bell has been marked safe after Daytona Beach police announced that he was missing and endangered. It was such a bizarre story, but we'll get into that in just a second. So let's start with some of these stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom newsroom. Business owners in L.A. are asking the city to go after naked people who are homeless and camping around their buildings. Office workers say homelessness has always been an issue in the city, but in recent years it's gotten worse. Pediatric eye surgeon Dr. Kenneth Wright says his patients are children who sometimes have to walk by the
3: nude and erratic people. It's
4: horrible and there's no need for it. We've got a beautiful, wonderful city that's now being destroyed, and our leaders really have to step up.
1: Dr. Wright tried calling police, but he says they told him they couldn't force the people to leave. L.A. City Councilwoman Katie Yaroslavsky said Wednesday, what the city is having to endure is
3: unacceptable. Chris Adler, KFI News.
1: Two former L.A. County Sheriff's deputies have been indicted for allegedly violating the rights of a skateboarder in Compton. The
0: five-count indictment says Miguel Vega and Chris Hernandez illegally detained the young man in a patrol car in 2020. And while in the back seat, the man was injured in a crash during a pursuit. U.S. Attorney Martin Estrada says the deputies also tried to cover it all up. There are multiple counts in this case if they were to be convicted of all the counts in the indictment. They would be looking at decades in federal prison. A few months later, the deputies were involved in the fatal shooting of Andres Guardado in Gardena. They were later fired. The ex-deputies surrendered yesterday to federal authorities. Steve Gregory, KFI
1: News. An OC sheriff Sergeant has been accused of illegally listening to attorney-client privileged calls as part of an ongoing inmate phone scandal.
0: This is a telephone call between an attorney-client.
1: A court motion alleges Sergeant Matthew LaFleur clearly knew the
0: call was privileged because the lawyer calls him out
2: Anyone attempts to listen to this, especially that five-foot-tall, deceitful-lying Orange County Sheriff named LaFleur, will seek prosecution.
0: Assistant Public Defender Scott Sanders says LaFleur then used what he heard. He's so mad about what he's hearing. He goes back and files new charges from six months earlier. That's retaliatory. That's a federal civil rights violation. And that could get him in a lot of trouble and should. The OC Sheriff says the motion filed this week is being investigated. In Orange County, Corbin Carson, KFI News.
1: And former Governor Schwarzenegger is not apologizing for filling in a gas company service trench in Brentwood that he thought was a pothole. Now the gas company finished working in the area in January, but the trench had not been filled in. Now the utility blamed bad weather. Okay. When I heard this story, I went, all right, I can, I can see we've had some weird weather. Okay. They would blame bad weather. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. It's been since January. I'm pretty sure since January and April 14th, we've had decent weather. I'm just saying, just pointing out a fact. Schwarzenegger says, pothole or not, the hole had been there too long. Oh, so he too went, huh, this has been there since January. He did, he says, do the gas company a favor. I'm kind of team Schwarzenegger on this one. Man, if I was a drinking man, I'm telling you, Rick Klein, I'd be sober as a church mouse because I would not have had 21-year-old gamer anywhere in my game of, hey, is that the guy who had the security clearance who leaked all the Pentagon documents? That one, I think, shocked a lot of people yesterday.
0: Absolutely wild. I mean, every aspect of this and his biography, the access, the details of it, the fact that he was uh, uncovered by uh, The Washington Post and The New York Times. to talked to his fellow gamers from the Discord app and that we knew of his name before he was even arrested. Everything about it is simply stunning. And I think there's going to be a lot of fallout continuing to try to unpack everything about this and to make sure that nothing like this can happen again
1: yeah i'm going to talk more with brad garrett in a little bit here about who this guy is and and how in the world he got to this point but i think it also made a lot of people nervous the fact that you could have somebody in the national guard 21 years old he's an it guy and a gamer how did he have access even to this kind of information
0: Yeah, it's a terrific question. I mean, it seems like in this case, he was charged with making sure that people were able to transmit documents securely. And so he kind of can snoop over their shoulders or see it along the sides. But um, everything I've ever heard and read and talked to people about with classified documents is about the care and the precision and the uh, the safeguards and what you're allowed to bring and can't bring in. And the fact that someone was able to do this and and do it, you know, basically just to show off to his fellow gamers is, is absolutely stunning.
1: Right. I agree. Okay, so yesterday we heard that Tim Scott was launching an exploratory committee to run for president. So now you've got former President Trump. You've got Tim Scott. You've got Nikki Haley all saying that they want to buy for the presidency. Do Tim Scott or Nikki Haley even have a chance against former President Trump?
0: Well, the first thing they'll have to get past is each other. They're both from South Carolina. They're the only two Republicans of color running right now. Uh, They're going to have to distinguish themselves and show why they're in it uh, and that they can win and and why they wouldn't just split up the vote against Trump, as you mentioned. I think that's a real concern that a lot of Republicans have about uh, the developing field. A lot of people think that Haley and or Scott will be considered for a vice presidential slot. I think that's all well and good and, and very possible, very plausible. But they're aiming for bigger than that and and you're right they're gonna to have to overcome some initial skepticism at the start
1: all right rick thank you so much i appreciate your time what's up on this week this weekend yeah we're gonna
0: be talking to another south carolina republican lindsey graham about the leak and about these two folks and I, i'm also excited that uh, we'll be talking to, to governor westmore the new governor of maryland considered a kind of a rising star in the democratic party
1: so yeah it's going to be an interesting figure all right sounds good rick thank you so much have a good um, one see you. ya That's ABC News political director and host of This Week, Rick Klein. I'm so interested in the Tim Scott, Nikki Haley race, because if you look at Republicans who really had a chance, when you kind of look at when former President Trump was in office, Nikki Haley, of course, you know, she had a a seat on his his, uh, cabinet. But Tim Scott always, to me, has seemed like a Republican Who, uh, how do I put it this way? He seems, uh, I don't know if you want to call him a moderate Republican, but he seems like somebody who can get sort of the attention of those moderate Democrats. He's somebody who can just reach over the aisle enough that he seems to at least be able to tap the shoulder of potential voters. And Nikki Haley, I wonder if because she has been so pro-former President Trump in the past, if that is going to put her still in the Trump camp, maybe it does give her more of a chance to become VP, should it be former President Trump who ends up the ultimate you know, nominee for the party. But Tim Scott, to me, seems like that one who could be the bit of the wild card of the three of them, honestly. But we'll see. Let's get back to some of these stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. A foundation dedicated to helping the kids of first responders has started a new mental health program in the L.A. area. Jillian Crane is president of the First Responders Children's Foundation and says while police and fire departments have wellness programs for their employees, her group steps in to help the kids of those employees. One thing that people need is support. So when it does become a story, the families get support. I think it's the day in and day out sacrifices that first responders make every day that affect the children. The organization was created in New York to help first responders families after the 9-11 attacks. Crane says they also offer scholarships and assistance to kids who lost parents in the line of duty. A 38-year-old motorcyclist from Riverside has been killed in a crash in Huntington Beach. Police say the rider was speeding before he lost control of his bike. It was not immediately known if drugs or alcohol were a factor in yesterday's crash. The feds have toured the damaged train tracks between Orange County and San Diego County before passenger service resumes on Monday. Congressman Mike Levin says it's a long-term solution that's needed to stop the tracks from sliding further toward the ocean.
0: I'm going to be formally submitting a federal community project request for $4 million to support the OCTA in conducting a study for the rail
1: relocation spanning 11 miles. The rail corridor that carries 11 million or that carries millions, I should say, of passengers each year between L.A. and San Diego has shut down since October. The Federal Rail Administration also took the tour yesterday just to see how the billions from the federal infrastructure law can actually help. Um, This isn't one that I normally tell you about thieves have stolen, ready for it, $100,000 worth of dimes, dimes, from an armored truck in Philadelphia. My first thought was, how the heck, how do you carry that? $100,000 worth of dimes, must have been heavy. Authorities say the truck had picked up $750,000 in dimes from the U.S. Mint, and it was taking the money to Florida. And the driver stopped overnight in Philadelphia In the morning, the trailer had been broken into and there were coins apparently scattered all across the parking lot. And Nickelodeon actor Drake Bell has been marked safe, they say, after Daytona Beach police announced him missing and endangered. Police released a Facebook post yesterday saying Bell was last seen in a gray BMW near a high school in Florida. They found the Drake and Josh actor later in the day. He joked on Twitter, you leave your phone in the car and don't answer it for the night. and this." Business owners in L.A. say naked homeless people around their buildings are creating a dangerous environment for clients and patients. Pediatric eye surgeon Dr. Kenneth Wright says he treats kids who are forced to walk by the people who are nude and drugged up. I've had that building for 22 years, and over the past year, this is the
4: first time it's been so bad like this. And I feel bad for the homeless people. They have nowhere to go.
1: Wright says the city needs to step in and create what he calls a township to boom the homeless people while they seek more permanent housing. Also, a man from the Bay Area has been arrested for threatening that or making that threat that caused the state Capitol building to be evacuated. Police say he's connected to two shootings near Sacramento. He was booked yesterday on suspicion of attempted homicide, assault with a firearm, shooting from a moving vehicle and shooting into an inhabited dwelling. Let's say good morning now to ABC's Brad Garrett. Brad, I don't know that there was one person at the station yesterday who didn't say, wait, what? He was a 21-year-old kid who was a gamer and in the National Guard in Massachusetts, and he's the guy we're looking at for <laughs> espionage charges? I mean, I don't know if it shocked you as much as it shocked the rest of us that this guy turns out to be the guy that they're arresting as the Pentagon uh, Papers leaker.
3: Right, and and so obviously, Jennifer, the big mystery is why did he do it? Because you know I'm always looking at motivation based on steps and behaviors that people uh, exhibit. In this case, he obviously steals the documents from work, then he uploads them into a private Discord chat room. Uh, of, of which I think maybe a couple dozen or so people actually uh, were invited into this chat room, and that's where the documents stay. It looks like to me for a long time. I mean, he started doing this uh, back in February of '22, which is you know coincidental with the war in Ukraine started in February of '22. So, and, and you know, the documents are sort of Ukraine-driven as far as things we're doing there. You know, movements of troops, movements of equipment. Uh, you know, comments about some world leaders. You know, talking about how we, you know, spy on our allies, which is obviously not new information because in today's world, everyone spies on everybody else. But the point being, it, it it really goes to motive. So the way he did this doesn't strike me as somebody who's like wanting to, you know, sell information to the Russians. I just don't know, but it's, it's it doesn't have that flavor to it. But we don't know what all the documents are yet, and we don't know where they have gone. And the other thing is, does he really know who he was talking to in that chat room? I mean, right. you can be, you can be anybody you want. I mean, that's why, you know, sexual predators love the internet because they can be a twelve year old boy, if they choose. So who knows? Who knows? But it, that part's it all a mystery. But the, you know, there's two major issues in this case. One is. Why did he have access to it, or did he have real uh, authorized access to it, um, and where are the tripwires to have stopped him in doing what he's doing? I can tell you that you know computers at the FBI and DOJ, you start looking at certain stuff if you have the clearance to look at it, and you've got to go through various steps to even get to that is there are numerous tripwires about what you do. In other words, other than just read it, you can't forward it, you can't copy it, you can't do anything else, um, and you have to do it in a classified, what they call a SCIF. So I don't know if these documents would go to the, the level that you'd need a SCIF, but the point being, he had ready access and had access for a long time. I mean, it's a big problem for the military. Because yeah. there's got to be other versions of him, maybe floating around out there.
1: That's what I was going to say. This guy cannot be the only one, especially when you know. In in many times, I feel like the military it goes along and it does a great job, and but does it move as quickly as? Maybe technology is moving when it comes to the level of, say, the National Guard or the reserves. I remember when my ex-husband, I'd go out to the reserve office or whatever, and I would think to myself, man, this is like 1950 all over again. It was very odd to me how things hadn't progressed as quickly as I thought the rest of the world was, you know. And, And I don't just mean in the facility, but I mean kind of everything about it. You know, I would remember he would be, you know bitching and moaning about access and oh my gosh my my card's not working you know the card that they would have to put in to get access to different things and whatever and i just remember thinking to myself like boy this system needs to be updated then you get this kid who's 21 years old he's a gamer and for all intents and purposes let's just say he really was just showing off okay even if Mm -hmm. that's the case like you said why was there not something that prohibited this guy from getting his hands on documents that nobody should have their hands on except for on a need-to-know basis.
3: And it may go to uh, exactly what you just said, Jennifer, that there are tripwire things that are in place uh, in other aspects of the Air Force and and, and DOD, and have they not made it down to his unit or have they not been implemented? I mean, there's all of those things. You know, there will be people at the end of the day, are going to be in big trouble. Not criminally, but they're going to be in big trouble within DOD because of this.
1: And honestly, I'm okay with that. Only because sure. that sure. would mean that finally we saw a big hole or a loophole that needed to be closed. So, yeah, sometimes that's okay when people need to get a good, you know, rear smacking because that just means that that's where the change is going to be and the progress is going to be made.
3: But, but that also working for the federal government for almost 40 years, I can tell you that that train is still gonna move slowly only because think how massive an issue it would be. I mean, DOD between active duty civilians and contractors, the hundreds of thousands of people who have access to top secret information. And are all those tripwires in place for every single one of them? I'm going to go out on a limb and say, probably not.
1: When it comes to, I remember there was a very different feeling of, um, so my ex worked for FEMA or works for FEMA, obviously. And I remember having a, you know, a federal investigator coming out to the house and interviewing me and interviewing a bazillion people before he could get his top secret clearance. I do not remember right. that being the case at all for him being a reservist. Is there even a kind of a, I don't know, some sort of um, loophole or something, even in between how the federal government overall is issuing these different top secret clearances, because it seems like there's one set of rules for each department.
3: Well, there's there are probably different rules and each department does their own background investigation. Some of it might be contracted out, but but it's all driven by, let's say, in the FBI, I had to get a new clearance every five years so right. they would do a you know right. a new background and a polygraph and a bunch of other stuff and so uh, you know is it the same to your to your earlier statement about reserve units that you know is that true That this reserve unit well we'll find out i suspect yeah. in fairly short order what if if that is the case but is it is it uniform across the government and the answer is going to be No. I mean, there would be basic rules. You have to do these 11 things to to grant this person a top-secret clearance. But how you get through those 11, there's going to be a variance, probably.
1: All right. Brad, I love talking to you. Have a wonderful weekend. I'm sure we'll chat next week. Sounds great. Take care. All right. See you later. You too. That's ABC News crime and terrorism analyst Brad Garrett. I mean, I think even in that conversation— Brad and I just identified something that I would love to see beefed up because, okay, say, let's, let's say the FBI and FEMA and, you know, some of these other DOD departments are doing a good job of vetting their employees for the different, uh, you know, top secret clearances. Okay, that's great. Well, what about, what about the National Guard? What about the reserves? If they're doing it so differently that it's now been revealed Some 21-year-old in the National Guard can get his hands on the same type of information that maybe it takes somebody in the FBI or FEMA. I'm just naming those two as as two departments. But that it takes them all this different background check to get to. maybe Maybe we should have these uniform. Maybe we shouldn't have different versions for everybody. Maybe everybody should be under the same, you know, sort of heavy umbrella.
0: A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. group void were Prohibited by Law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus.
1: Maybe we just uncovered something here on Wake Up Call this morning. Huh? Mm hmm. And don't forget, it's the Acura Grand Prix that is raced into Long Beach. It's a three-day street event. Now, gates open this morning, and races are scheduled through Sunday. And uh, I know that the one thing that is so much fun, if you've ever been out there to Long Beach during the Grand Prix, I don't care where you are, as long as you are in the area, even kind of near the racetrack, you just hear that sort of rumble of the cars all day, and I love it. All right, Tyler, go ahead. Go ahead and hit us with some earworm now because I feel like since this was Jim Ryan's idea to do the science behind the earworms, he deserves to hear it, too. So take it away, Tyler. Yep. Yep, that's right. Hmm. Jim Ryan, good morning to you. We hey. played Bop earlier. It's a Small World, which I always have to apologize before we ever play. Songs like this one, Earworms. And I know that there are a ton of us who are like, I can't get that song out of my head. You hear a song like this, and you wonder... Why can't I get that song out of my head? And now there really is some science behind it?
4: Well, yeah, there is a reason for that. And that's part of the reason for this this study, in fact. They did research on this and came up with a many thousand word uh, result, a, a research paper on this. So, yeah, why do we get our earworms stuck in our heads? Because we relax, we let our guard down, we're not really paying attention to anything, kind of sitting there. And, and suddenly this thing creeps in. You mind i remember that song oh yeah never gonna give you then it goes on and on over and over again now if it if you if it vanishes immediately that's called scientifically a mind pop which i think is a great great name for something yeah, okay mind so pop. a
1: mind pop okay a
4: band or a candy or some mind pop but if you get a fragment of music and it's repeated in part or in full over and over that's called involuntary musical imagery in me it's known as an earworm. and that's really the thing that uh, that is annoying to a lot of people. Some folks find it enjoyable to an extent. but yeah, that's that's what they looked at here was this phenomenon of the the uh, musical imagery, the involuntary musical imagery, things like that Rick, Rick Astley song,
1: okay. and I honestly, I think this is fascinating is. because. There are certain songs that will get in my head and that BTS song, Butter. Smooth like butter. I have no idea what in the world they're saying. I have no idea. <laughs> I like the song. It was on a commercial, I remember, for a phone company. I don't remember which one. But that's one that gets in my head and... I wonder, too, if it's a song that we are, um, that we kind of like, you Mm. know what I mean? Like that you kind of bop to a little bit. And so you find yourself not really paying attention to it. Like you said, you sort of relax and you're not really focused on what the words are. You just know that it kind of makes you happy. You know, it just kind of makes you bop along.
4: Maybe. Although some songs that you don't like at all can end up stuck in your brain because of the repetition. It's not necessarily a catchy hook, you know, a, a chorus that you listen to or a tune or a melody even it's the repetition within that song and like wow. that rick Astley song and then it does bob along but there is this repetition in there that one makes it easier to remember and second, makes it harder to forget, right? Right. <laughs> so, yes. But there, and that's that's part of the point of this research. It's not just to to you know to to find out about this phenomenon that uh, plagued so many people, but because studying earworms can solve questions about human consciousness or how our brains organize material. Yeah, which can be crucial. Really, it can be b- groundbreaking in mental health questions about how people uh, or you, you know how how their brains work or how they might uh, be lagging in some areas. So this really could have some some major upshot.
1: Well, and I I like the part where it's the one part where it says when we're relaxed, certain mm-hmm. songs sneak into our brains yes. when we're relaxed. And if I think about songs that to you know that this morning are an earworm to me. I, for whatever reason, kept playing Chris LeDoux's Look At You Girl. I know it's like from 1990. I don't even know how I got this one. But this song has been rolling through my head Hmm. for like the last three days. But I remember when I was listening to it and I was kind of in the living room and I was putting stuff away and it it was like a Tuesday night, no big deal. And I remember thinking, oh, I love that song. And I wonder if that's why. It was a certain moment where I was relaxed and I thought, oh, you know, that was a happy song kind of thing. So it stuck. And so that's the part when I read that that I thought, that's kind of fascinating. It's like you have this moment of, you know, I don't know, sticky in your mind or something where (laughs) anything you're listening to is going to get grabbed right then. Jen, I thought this
2: was your favorite uh, Earworm song. Oh, my God.
1: You are so lucky I'm in a different room. But he's probably right. I mean, unfortunately, it's not my favorite earworm, by the way. I hate Taylor Swift.
4: But the thing is, so if, if you are just, your mind's wandering, you're not really concentrating on anything, you're goofing around or, or and you think of this song. So the opposite of that, if you're trying to get rid of the earworm, earworm is to concentrate on something. Read intently on something that maybe isn't as enjoyable. Something something important. Read the newspaper, or uh, you know, watch something. Watch a movie that has nothing to do with the earworm. But concentrate. Put your mind to work doing something else. You block out the earworm. If you do this long enough, then maybe it'll go away completely. But uh, Whoa. Yeah. So just kind of push it away with, with other thoughts. Meditate. Meditate on something other than, and, and that's a good way to do it, because in meditation, you're sort of concentrating on your breathing. You're right. concentrating on the sounds around you, not the ones inside your head. But, yes, the, the University of St. Andrews came up with a list of the worst or best uh, earworms. And they are? The queen makes two of them. Queen. Oh! Bohemian Rhapsody is considered number three. We Are the Champions is number two. Sure. So, yeah, that, and you could see how, how that would work, I suppose. And number one, ac- at least according to St. Andrews.
1: Oh, yes! Yes! It's on the my playlist.
4: Is it really? Are you serious?
1: Yes. Uh, but you know what? I love this song. It takes me back to when I worked at La Comida in Reading when I was, I don't know, <laughs> 16 or something like that. That song used to play over and over again. And I loved working there. Yeah. So that song makes me happy. But I could totally see that.
4: Have you ever seen those two guys, the Proclaimers?
1: No, not in concert, oh, no.
4: Sh- no, I mean, in, in video, they're... Two of the goofy, they're twin brothers.
1: Right, right.
4: With these thick glasses. Maybe that's part of their look, the goofy nerd look. But
1: Right. Well, whatever know. it is, they're probably laughing us all the way to the bank. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jim, thank you so much. Thank you for the earworm. Have a good weekend. All right, you too. See you later. Oh, yeah, play it up there. Let's say good morning now to the Valley Hives, Keith Roberts. Keith, welcome back to Wake Up Call. It's great to talk to you again.
2: Good morning, Jennifer Jones Lee. How are you in your psychological warfare with your <laughs> earworms this morning?
1: <laughs> I, what is your earworm? Come on, everybody's got one. Keith, is uh, there you one? play
2: Mbop again? I swear to God, <laughs> you're, you're, you're killing me! You're
1: killing me! <laughs> That's on Tyler. Totally on Tyler. I promise, I had nothing to do with that one. Hey, how are California's bees? With all these storms, I mean, all this water, we have not seen this much in a really long time. And so I kind of want to, I wish I could go sort of crop by crop. How are the bees doing with it?
2: Well, so the bees, I think, are really excited about what lies ahead. If we go back to October, uh, Noah actually had a report that came out that we took to heart that there was a 91% certainty of a dry La Nina winter, and right. Uh, right. yeah, that did not happen. So <laughs> instead, the whole world, uh, the you know, was flooded, and uh, we got all this rain, which is fantastic. And as we drive around town, we see that everything is green and lush. So the honey production looks like it's going to be some of the best nectar flows that we've had in the last 20 years. So that's fantastic. Unfortunately, um, the almond crop, you know, what the almond farmer wants is to have a really nice sunny February, which is supposed to be California's rainiest month. And instead, they got a ton of rain. And so for the almonds, the bees weren't really able to uh, work the flowers like they normally would. Uh, so that is why you're hearing all of these news stories coming out about the, the people being concerned about the almond crop and if it's going to really take fruit like it normally does.
1: And I think that a lot of times we forget how much each of you rely on one another. So whether it becomes your, uh, I don't know what you call it, bee crop? What do you call that? Your bee product your bee output well
2: well so bees are responsible for 30 percent of everything we eat so every third bite of food that you put in your mouth is is because of a hive and so pollination is just really essential to our agriculture um and so that's the beekeeping is really important and it's there's not i mean we we frankly need the bees, all every bee that we can get.
1: Well, and I know that this is, you know, you guys all work so side by side with each other. Their crops don't happen if you guys have issues with your bees or a shortage or something like that. How do uh, did the bees themselves, I mean, the actual physicality of a bee, was that at all impacted by all the rain?
2: So here's the deal. When, uh, regardless of the temperature outside, it can be 10 degrees outside, right? But they're going to keep their brood, their babies, at 97 degrees Fahrenheit. And they're able to do that by staying inside. They're able to vibrate their flight muscles without actually having to flap their wings. And that's how they keep the brood warm. And so if it's if it's too cold, instead of flying, the bees are like, uh, yeah, uh, you... <laughs> They're like, Yeah, farmers, no, we're we're gonna stay inside where it's nice and toasty. That's a you problem. Um we're gonna we're gonna consume our honey, we're gonna stay nice and warm inside. And then once temperatures get above fifty degrees, bees like to go out and they like to fly, they will go and work the flowers, but if it's too cold, they will stay inside to keep their brood warm. And that's why this particular winter, not only was it rainy, um, which the bees don't like to fly in either, but it was also just unusually cold.
1: Okay, were any of the um, hives did it, did flooding have anything to a, any impact on any of the hives? Like, were any of them oh, actually yes. they did it uh, did? Okay,
2: yeah. So there were several areas, especially uh, more in the northern counties, that were absolutely flooded and okay. um on 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 all the forums that we frequent we saw a picture after heartbreaking picture of uh bees that were just completely flooded out water up to the top of the covers and it it was devastating to a lot of beekeepers
1: and on a monetary level what what is a beehive worth
2: oh man
1: so are you <laughs> able to equate that
2: yeah so so what w- what happens is that depending on the crop, just the pollination alone, forget honey production, okay, like a single box of honey on the hive that weighs about 40 pounds, you know, can, is is worth hundreds of dollars, okay, now with the pollination, for the almonds alone, um, a, a, a beekeeper is getting between 150 to $200 per hive wow. for working the almonds, and that's, and that's just the first big crop, there's more Bees. There's there, there's more hives in the state of California than any other place on the planet during the month of February, and that is because of that pollination event. And a lot of beekeepers look at the 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 money that they earn from almond pollination to basically pay for their cost through for the rest of the year, and everything above that is going to be profit.
1: Wow. Okay. So uh, going back to what you were saying about the bees keeping you know their brood warm. Is there any sort of manipulation, and I'm guessing no, that can be done to somehow make it so that those hives stay warm? You know, like I guess I'm thinking more of um, you know an incubation kind of thing, but I would I guess not where you can manipulate a hive to think that it's warm so that the bees still would do their thing and help to pollinate than those almond crops, but I guess not really.
2: No, because it's all about flying conditions, right? Yeah. It's all about you know them them being able to actually fly and navigate. They use the sun to navigate. They need it needs to be so warm for them able to maintain their body temperature as they fly out of the hive and go to the flowers to pollinate and to bring back the nectar and pollen for the hive. So it's it's really more about that as well. Yeah. Um, if if it's too cold and it's rainy, the bees just can't fly.
1: Okay, so what about then the prices when it makes it, you know, to the store shelves for us when we're looking at things like honey this year, but also when we're looking at things like almonds?
2: Well, so the almonds, we don't know yet. We just, uh, we're, our, our gut instinct is that the bees weren't able to really uh, uh, set the almond flour like they normally do, um, but we don't quite know yet. And as we all know, the scarcity can make the prices go higher, and indeed, we're already seeing some fluctuations with that as people anticipate if there's going to be a shortage on the market uh, later this year, but we'll just have to see.
1: And when it comes to let's say that, you know, we all a lot of people love to like actually plant things that will either get them bees in their backyard or butterflies in their backyard or something like that. What's the go to plant for a bee? Is there something that if you want pollination in your backyard, plant this thing, you're going to get the bees?
2: oh man so that really is dependent i mean bees love to work a variety of different flowers you can't go wrong with the natives Uh, i if, if you look if you can google major nectar producers Uh, you'll look at the salvias which is all the the the, the sages for example you have the black sage the purple sage uh you have the lavenders that you can plant of course they love the citrus trees right um but you know i know that we just we just let go of our water restriction so that's great so we don't have to be as concerned about that but if you stick to the natives um uh, the native milkweed for example um, you know that 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 the, not only the bees appreciate, but the, uh, other pollinators like the monarchs appreciate. Uh, all the pollinators benefit by planting a diverse, um, you know, planting in your front and backyards, and they'll and they'll appreciate that. But you just if you stick to the natives, you'll you'll find a lot of pollinator-friendly plants that are great for the the bees and the native bees and the honey bees and everything in
1: between. I know that uh, I've got some orange trees in my backyard, and oh my gosh, the hum—the hum that comes in the like early spring—I'm like, oh, the bees are back. So you know, you just hear that little buzz going on. I'm diverting here from our conversation really fast. A lot of people right now are complaining about allergies. And I've always heard that if you have honey from wherever you live, from the area in which you live, that it can combat against your allergies. Is that a myth or is that a legit thing?
2: It hasn't been scientifically proven yet. They haven't been able to get it past the placebo. And I think part of the problem is that when you, the whole whole idea behind it is that you're getting trace amounts of pollen in the honey that you're eating and therefore you're becoming accustomed to that pollen. Ah. Well, how, how do you know that the, what you're allergic to is in that honey? I happen to be severely allergic to olive trees, but bees don't work olive trees. So if I eat a bunch of honey, that's not going to help me with that particular allergy. Right. So it really is dependent as to whether or not the pollen that you happen to be allergic to is in that honey. And I think that's part of the problem. It's really you, difficult to pin down.
1: I love chatting with you. I wish we could do it more often. Tell people what uh, about what uh, you know, what you guys do specifically and where you are so that they can come visit you at the Valley Hive.
2: Well, we are, okay. So, yeah, we are at the Valley Hive. We're over in Chatsworth. Uh, you can check us out at www.thevalleyhive.com. Check out our socials on Facebook, on Instagram, and what we do is that we have classes We sell the gifts from the hive. We sell honey and all that lovely stuff. But what we also love to do, my passion, is teaching people about the bees. We have an observation hive where you can come check out the bees in glass inside of the shop. We teach people about bees and the ancient art and science of beekeeping. We sell beekeeping equipment. We sell bees. And uh, we're also on the campus of the Topanga Nursery. So even if you don't want to keep a hive, if you want to help plant food for the bees... We're there and we have what you need for your garden. And uh, we would love to see you come on by.
1: You know what? I would love to take one of your classes sometime. I kind of am a nerd when it comes to learning about like nature and cycles and things like that. So I really would love to take one of your classes. I'll be there sometime.
2: That would be great. I've tried to get Mo Kelly in for years. He hates bees. I, I have no hope with him. But maybe with you and Bill Handel and Michelle and all of you, I would love to get you guys into the hives.
1: Well, maybe we can somehow do it where Mo sort of live streams. Like we could Instagram live a class and then that way he could, you know, sort of participate.
4: Yeah, I'll do that with Mo. That sounds
0: good.
2: Yo, yeah. You're not a bee yeah, guy we, either, we...
1: Tyler? I don't do bees.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Challenge accepted. All I, right. I, I promise. I've I've heard that a lot. I will get you into the hive. You will you will know the magic. It's great.
1: All right, Keith. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful weekend.
2: You too. Take care.
1: All right. Thanks. See you later. That is Keith Roberts of the Valley Hive and how the California storms did hit the beekeepers. But you know what? Let's just focus on what he was saying about how the honey outlook is awesome. So I'll look forward to that. And really fast before we go. Did you know millennials are playing video games? more than Gen Zers and teens.
0: According to Fandom.com's Inside Gaming report, older generations are spending more hours per week gaming despite younger gamers spending generally more time on them than they did last year. Based on user data, the study found 52% of millennials surveyed ranked video games as their top interest compared to 29% of tweens. But the biggest growth in time overall spent gaming compared to last year was with teens up 48% and tweens up 63%. Mark Roner, KFI News.
1: SoCal weather from KFI. We actually have a beautiful weekend on tap. Should be mostly sunny, much warmer with highs in the 70s to maybe even a few 80s. All right. I see who else is going with me. Nick Pagliocchini, you are manning up. You and I are going to go to the Valley Hive and take this class. Then you can tell Mo um, later with Mo Kelly when Nick comes in on Friday nights to do his weekend report. Then you can tell him about what you and I did.
0: See, that's how we do this. If you can't get Mo, you take the next best thing. You take the guy that shows up on Fridays and joins the show. So,
1: <laughs> Exactly. And then you can tell him what a wussy is. And well, I can yeah. tell Tyler what a wussy is. It's a bee. I'm a proud wuss. It's a bee, you guys. I love it. <laughs> Although, I shouldn't really should I talk considering bunnies scare the hell out of me. I guess I shouldn't.
0: That's true, and you did great with my big, huge, massive, you know, nine-foot-tall inflatable one for yeah. uh, Wiggle Wagga Walk, so Thank good for you. you. Thank so you for tormenting me. So maybe Mo and Tyler me. need to push back through the, the bee situation.
1: Oh, my God, let's you and I find big inflatable bee costumes.
0: Oh, I'm down. You know I'll do it.
1: I know. I will, too. <laughs> I'm right there with you. We lead local, live from the KFI 24-hour newsroom. I'm Jennifer Jones-Lee. This has been your wake-up call. You've been listening to your wake up call with me, Jennifer Jones Lee, and you can always hear wake up call 5 to 6 a.m., Monday through Friday at KFI AM 640 and anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino.